Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason. And my name may or may not be Todd Hicksonball. And we have... A.K.A. the Todd Father, you rude person. It's just my subtle attempt to get rid of that name. It's It's not going away. It's not going away. And we have a special episode of the Learner's Corner for you today. Yeah, we do. Today is episode 101. Look at this. So we want to look back on the past 100 episodes and talk through some of the things that we've learned about, the takeaways that we've taken away. Get it? The takeaways that we've taken away. Uh Uh Uh-oh. From the interviews that we've done, what we've learned from actually uh, doing the podcast weekly, and just some of the things that we've learned over this time. It's a long time, man. It is a long time. 101 episodes. That's a that's a lot of episodes. So you guys, we're gonna go systematically through every episode, and I'm gonna tell you everything I learned about it from every. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. I wouldn't listen to that. If I was left to my own devices, I might do that. Yeah, because you're a crazy person. In a, in in Jesus love. Okay. <laughs> um, no, so we're we're gonna have this is gonna be a great time. Um, and 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 again. You know, we we sit behind the mic a lot, and and you you hear us get other people to tell us what they think about things, and so you don't always get to hear everything that we think. And so, one of the reasons why this is going to be so much fun is because I mean, you get to hear some of our highlights as to hey, this is not only what we heard that helped, but that this is what we think about it too, um, and this is kind of what what we thrashed through with it. This is kind of what what we landed on. Um, so yeah, super excited for this. This is going to be lit. So, Todd, how about you get us started? Kick us off. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll go, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go in chronological order. Um, so I'm gonna throw it way back, all the way back to January, uh, with Jeff Henderson. <clears throat> and so, besides the fact that Jeff, shout out to Jeff, you're awesome, Jeff. But Jeff thought that Caleb was the only person. I think he thought that I was like the tech guy or something. And so, which you are, and so well, you are the tech technically guy. my that is my job. You're correct, um, but Jeff thought that Caleb basically ran this show, and we all know who really runs this thing. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> and and so, but Je- hey, I'll tell you what though, Jeff was dropping some gold in there, and so we were talking to Jeff about. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, by the way, go back and listen to it. it, was, it was yeah, and all the episodes so that we're going to reference, just look in the show notes; they will be there. Yep, just go back, check that out. But we were talking to him about his his four campaign um, and what what all that looks like. And if you if you're not familiar with that, um, you can again listen to this episode or just Google like four campaign for Gwinnett. Um, just Google that. I don't know if you Google just the four campaign. Google for Gwinnett. Google for Gwinnett, and you spell that G W I N N E T. I think T. Two T's. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Caleb will handle that. And uh, so he's talking about the four campaign and essentially just quick what that is, is um, Jeff saying, hey, um, as an organization, we don't just want to, you know, on the weekends as a church do, you know, Sunday service. We want to go outside of the walls of the church. We want to be for our community. And so how can we do that? And and, and Jeff has all sorts of ways they've done this. Um, you and know, he talks about a lot of the ways in the episode, too. Yeah, he, he, he t- says many of the ways, you know, an example is, you know, their social media feed. 
um, they have a percentage. Like they want, they will only do so many posts that are church, their church specific stuff. And the rest of it is all about the community, things that are happening around, um, raising up, raising up and, and, and kind of highlighting small business owners and people like that who are in their community because they want to be for their community. But one of the things that, 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 that episode kind of brought into my mind was who am I for? Now, as a Christ okay. follower, right? Explain a little bit, right? Like, so as a Christ follower, right? I would say I, I'm for Jesus, or I'm, you know, uh, the the greatest commandment, right? Love God, love love others. So, of course, I'm I, I love others. But we all would like to say that, but in reality, that's just not the way that that plays out. And and so it made me wrestle with this idea of who and what am I for? What does it mean to be for something? And and you know, it's a great idea as a church to, you know, say, hey, we're going to be for our community, but are we going to be for all of our community? And that was a tension to be wrestled with because I think that everybody would want to be for the parts of the community that fit into what we want. Yeah, they look they look like us. Well, they only, act like us. Only, they believe like us. Yeah, right. And so, and so that was something to wrestle with, a tension to be wrestled with. But then the other part of that was in my personal life. Who am I for? Because it it's really easy for me to be for just the people who, again, act like me, believe the same things as, as me, um, the same things as I do. And, and and so I had to really, who am I for? You know, if, if I believe the great command to be true, that I'm supposed to love... Um, love my neighbor. Who's my neighbor? It's the, the whole thing that's going on with the great with the uh, the Good Samaritan, and and so that was that was something for me to struggle through. And and I it was interesting because you know now whenever I so I'm a children's director at a church and and so I do the elementary ministry and so I talk to my volunteers about this a lot, and I say you know we don't know the stories that are walking in this morning, but every story every person that walks in has a story attached to them. And so we need to be for the people that are coming so, in. So talk with me a little bit more. Like, what does that, like, what else does that look like? Like be, you being for people so, who don't just look like you or act like right. you believe like you. What does that look like? So, so in my context in, in church world, and what I'm, I think what I'm saying whenever I tell this to volunteers is, you know, we can get in the habit of, hey, we're just here to do a job. And so... Uh, you know, I'm going to have small group leaders. They're going to do what small group group leaders do. Greeters are going to do what they're going to do. And everybody just kind of does their thing. And then we go home. Well, we could do that. And we would, we would technically succeed. Like we would technically win for what we wanted to do in the morning. But what being for other people, what being for the folks that are walking in the doors, what that actually means is I'm going to be for them outside of the walls. And so I'm going to be for their families. I'm going to be for um, them. I want them to win even when they're not here at the church. And so that's what it means. Um, that's, and that's what I talk to the volunteers about. What it means for me personally is that I have to understand every time when I'm with other people, when I'm around other people, that being for them means that every person has a story attached to them and some parts of that story are bad. Like there are parts of everybody's story that, that are not good parts. And, and how, and, and so, you know, I have to ask myself the question, you know, what does love require of me in this moment? And so how am I going to be for that person? Um, and, and what is it going to, what does that look like in light of what I know about them in light of what maybe they've done or what's been done to them? 
And, and am I going to separate myself from them just because they don't believe the same ways that I do? They don't act the same ways that I do. And so it's a challenging thing. It's a challenging thing to ask yourself, who are you for and why are you for them? Because if we believe the, the great command that Jesus gave us to be true, then we need to think about practically how we're going to do that. And so um, I think of people as people, but every person has a story attached to them. Mm-hmm. And those stories are really what gives us, um, what, what makes us who we are in a lot of ways. Um, they don't necessarily define us, right? We know that if, if you're a Christian listening to this, which I know not everybody is, but if you're a Christian, you know, we know that, that it's Christ really who defines us when we've accepted him, but we all have stories. And so who are you going to be for? Why are you for them? And what does it look like practically before? I think those are great questions to ask ourselves. And, and, and that's why I loved what Jeff was saying. Um, that was a great interview to, to be able to wrestle with. Um, yeah, so that was, that's my, that was, that's my first one. How about that? That's, that's my, that's my first one. Any, any thoughts, any further thoughts on Jeff Henderson in that episode? Well, I mean, um, we're actually talking about pretty close to one of the ones that I was thinking about. Mm. Too. So how about I just give mine? Let's just go. Because it's very similar. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that um, you know, for me, the, the podcast episodes that really stood out to me were the, were the episodes that addressed things that, um, that I'm wrestling with personally. And so one of those um, was just kind of the theme, and I've kind of labeled it, you know, like opening my eyes to people who are different than me. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. It had I to don't. Happen. Mean, I, I'm just not even going to acknowledge it. We're just going to move right on. Um, it's fine. You don't have to. <laughs> Shout out Ashley Bohens for allowing me to feel the freedom to sing on a podcast. Continue, Caleb. I. He doesn't even know what to do. I just sucked the air right out. Continue, please. So, talking with people who were different than me, um, just as you were saying, whether they're um, whether they look different than me, whether their skin color is different, or their gender is different, or um, or just different different beliefs or different things that I don't normally think about. Um, here are some of the episodes that stood out to me, and then I'll kind of tell you what that looks like in my life. Um, Dominique talked about this. Uh, Dubois, uh, Jilliard talked about it. Um, Dominique Dubois, Jilliard, and he talked about um, in- incarceration and uh, mass incarceration and kind of what has led to that. He gave us the history of what that looks like and, yep. and what, how it's practically playing out. It's a phenomenal episode. Yep. Kara Powell, Matthew Sorens. Um, not Kara Powell. I was going to say, who, when did we have Kara Powell on? Uh, Shout out to Kara. We would love to have you on. Google Kara Powell if you don't know who we're talking about. I can't remember what her last name is. It's okay. We can edit this out. What's her last name? Who? Kara. Ulmer. Kara Ulmer. Todd, this is an edit point. So Kara Ulmer and Matthew Sorens, we talked with them about yeah. immigration. World Relief. Yep, world from the organization World Relief and hearing their perspective. And that's not a normal perspective because I'm not an immigrant. I don't know what their experience is or for refugees. Um, Robert Vore talked about mental health and kind of the stigmas 
around that. And again, just things that I don't normally, um, I don't think about as um, just a white man. And, uh, you know, Joanne Lippman, uh, my aunt, Brenda. Miss Brenda. Yep. And then uh, Taylor Gray. Mm -hmm. uh, And then our guys, Moose and Skyler. And And, talk a few episodes. Yep. James Talbert. Shout out to James Talbert. If you want to check out those episodes, we'll link to all of them in the show notes. Um, But really just being more open um, and just realizing that there is so much more to life than than the white man's perspective and opening and just realizing that the kingdom of God is so much bigger than that. And that there is so much more wisdom outside of um, people who look like me, dress like me, um, act like me, believe like me. There's... By the way, worship like me too, because I'm just saying I've been, I've been, you know, I follow Moose, Skyler and James on Instagram and I'm just saying, y'all rock. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, y'all know how you all know how 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 to to praise and how to sing and stuff. Y- y'all get down with the HS. That's all I gotta say. So anyway, it's really challenged me um, to listen to people yeah. who aren't like me. And again, that's not just like I think the easy thing to go with is skin color, but it's not just skin color. It's culture. It's culture. It's, it's culture. gender. It's yeah. beliefs. It's all that stuff. And so. Um, one of the practical ways, um, and we have more episodes, by the way, about this kind of stuff coming up. Yep. Um, and so one or two practical ways, um, I just ask people questions. Um, some of my friends will just ask them questions of their experiences and stuff like that who are different from me. Um, but depending on uh, depending on where you live, that may be easier said right than done. Um, if you live in Maine right now, it's the least diverse state in the union. Yep. But if you live in other countries, that's a whole other thing. But there's, uh, so what I do is, um, you know, one of the things that I was really uh, challenged by was I was looking through my podcasts that I listened to, and they were pretty much all white guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember this. So you did this. Yeah, tell yeah. them what you did. Tell, tell, tell folks what you did. And so I went through my podcast, and I, and I asked people for recommendations of, okay, who are people that I should be listening to that aren't necessarily like us aren't like us yep. and so um i'll read through some of the podcasts that i've added to my list and um it has really changed how i see things mm-hmm. a lot more um one is culture kings <laughs> i uh, i love um and again some of these are Christian podcasts. Some of these are not Christian this podcasts. This does not fit into the and Christian so they, podcast. Some of them have one. the explicit label on that. So if you're not okay with that. Yeah, if that bothers you. Um, yeah, just don't. You might not want okay. to check you, that one you out. You just don't have to check it out. Um, but Culture Kings, um, the Liturgist podcast is another one like that for me. Um, another one. And Skyler introduced Skyler and Moose introduced me to this one um, just recently is the Past Mike podcast. That one's really good. Um, greater story with our guy, Sam, Sam Collier. Shout out to Sam Collier. Sam, miss you, buddy. And then, uh, fun therapy is another one. Like oh that. my gosh. The faith, the faith angle with yep. Jonathan Merritt and Kirsten Powers. They talk a lot about, um, politics and that's not normally something that I like to talk about too much yep. or get into that discussion, but they do it from a, from a productive 
uh, discussion. They do it from the faith angle. Yeah. Hence the faith angle. Hence the name. Hence the name, the faith angle. Um, The Red Couch Podcast with Propaganda and Alma. Shout out to Prop. Come on the podcast, Prop. And then uh, the Shauna Nequist podcast. She hasn't released episodes in a while. But that I still highly recommend. It's still a great podcast. Yeah, those episodes that she did release were very high level. That sounds fun with Annie F. Downs is also another good Annie, one come too. on the podcast, please. And so I think just the importance of just opening opening yourself to perspectives. Yeah. And just because you listen to them, and I, I say this all the time, but just because you listen to somebody. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Doesn't mean you have to them. agree with them. Yeah. So yeah. Todd... I've, I have a question for you. Who is someone that you are listening to right now or someone that you're learning from that, uh, that has a different perspective than you? Um, I, I'm consistently, I consistently am. So I, I do this with politics. I'll go there. Um, I consistently do this with politics. And so what I'll do is most people watch either Fox News or they watch MSNBC and CNN. Okay, that's that's kind of the way this works. And so what I did is I, I'm in the car a lot. I drive a lot. I drive about three hours a day. And I know y'all can – it's fine. I'm aware. <clears throat> I just want to say every time that he brings – that is one of my favorite things right now. That Todd brings up that makes me laugh so hard. Yes. So I drive about – I'm in the car about three hours a day, and so I, I listen to just everything. Um, I'm always listening to podcasts. And so one of the things I did was I went through and I started listening to, like, very, very different perspectives uh, of people who do daily political podcasts. And so um, don't throw stones at me. It's okay. So I so a couple of them that I listen to on a regular basis. I listen to Ben Shapiro, who is um, some consider him to be alt right. He's not alt right, but he's definitely conservative. Um, I listen to his his show. He he comes out with episodes every day. So he's definitely he's coming at politics from a conservative um, perspective. On the other side, I listen to um, Hardball with Chris Matthews. Uh, they do an audio version that you can listen to. Um, and so I'll listen to him. And now, now Chris Matthews, very much the other direction. Um, he's very much to the left. And so his view and take on the same day's events, radically different than what Ben would, would do. And then what I do is I go and I'll listen to NPR. I listen to NPR a lot. I'll listen to NPR. Um, I'll listen to their, the, the, they have a show out called The Daily. Uh, or not, not NPR. Um, the Daily is the New York Times. Uh, NPR has uh, their politics show. Um and I will have that on. And that one is much more they report facts. Like, this is what's going on. Yeah. And we'll link everything in here is getting linked to the show notes. And so and so what I do is, and the reason why I take these very different perspectives and then something in the middle is, is because I like to hear two – some people would call them extremes. You can call them whatever you want. But I do that on purpose so that I can hear – very different ideas. And the reason why is because when we place ourselves in echo chambers where we just hear the same ideas repeated over and over again, um, my dad used to tell me this thing, Caleb, what happens whenever you get into a spot and you hear the same thing over and over again? What are, what are, you, what are you doing? Do you know? You're in an echo chamber, as you were so, saying. Okay, echo chamber, but do you know what my dad would say? No. You stuck your head in a barrel, son, pull it out. 
And I think that that's relevant because we need to to make sure that we haven't stuck our head in a barrel. By the way, when you stick your head in a barrel, you can't see anything around you. And so um, I try to listen to different perspectives. So to answer your question, you know, I'm always trying to hear um, and listen to things that I just flat out don't agree with. And there's a lot, by the way, that both of those men and, and also um, other people that I listen to, I just don't agree with some of the stuff that they say. Um, but I do it so that I can have, I can understand. Okay. So I have two questions. Okay. Is the podcast you were talking about NPR News Now? Yeah. Okay. NPR News Now. And then the other thing I want to ask is how has listening to that uh, changed your perspective? You would be shocked. So everybody talks about everybody talks about how you know all oh, the, the the media they're 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 skewed they're they're not reporting. And I'll tell you what, it's true. Um, you could hear Ben talk about something, Ben Shapiro talk about something, and Chris Matthews talk about the same thing, and you literally will think that two completely different events occurred. And so what it did for me is it showed me that I have to be very careful about what I consume and take to be truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we simply, and when we simply, uh, when we blindly just listen to folks and we don't look and do our own research and really try to find out and, under, and, and seek understanding at a higher level, man, we stick our heads in barrels. I mean, we do. And, and that's, that's, so that's one of the big things is um, being very careful of of understanding that man these different perspectives it really is different and you can hear things and you think two different things happened mm-hmm. so do the podcast 100 episodes what's another takeaway from you what's something else that you learned well we mentioned him a little bit ago um sam collier um shout out to sam sam's a great guy uh, but he wrote he wrote um a book this past year and and it, it's, find your voice it, find your voice and it's been it was a phenomenal read. If you haven't checked it out yet, Caleb's going to have the link to to be able to grab that in the show notes. Find your voice, phenomenal book. Um, but one of the things he talks about in there, and he also said this early the earlier this year at Orange Conference, whenever it was in Atlanta. Uh, Sam talks about platforming people and how when you know uh, it's great to be able to have these mentors. It's great to have all this stuff, but. We need people who also can platform us. And what does he what does he mean by by platforming? Um, you get to a certain point where um, you've grown as big as you're going to be able to get, and you have competency, but you just don't have your voice out there. You just, people just don't know who you are. And we need people to be able to platform us. And so you know, he does a whole thing where he works with organizations and churches to be able to platform folks that don't have the ability to do that. But it's but I took it I took that and applied it. To, um, I applied it to, uh, you know, with us on the podcast and also with uh, our professional lives, um, careers and things like that, is that, you know, we can be as competent as we want. We can study, we can learn, we can practice, we can hone our skills and our crafts. But whenever we really um, begin to, to move and shake things up, it's whenever somebody else endorses us and says they can do what they say they can do, and I'll, I'll be willing to raise my hand and vouch for them. And it, this is the reason, by the way, that people who are incompetent get in positions that they're not qualified for yet is because somebody platformed them before they were ready. And so two things with this. One, we need to always be seeking to use our own platforms to be able to platform others. 
And so um, Sam asks this thing in the book where he talks about um, who are you meeting with right now who is above you, who is a person who's championing you, who's helping you to grow, who's somebody that you're on the same level with, um, who you can, who, who's a, a peer, and then who are you platforming? Yeah, and my dad kind of talked about that a little bit yeah. about working on yourself too. Yeah, totally. And Dwight, Dwight talked about that. It was great. Um, so, so we need to think about that. The other thing that I got um, from from Sam is uh, this idea of of championing others. And I say this again. I know I talked about this a little bit whenever I talked about Jeff Henderson, but man, there is a lot of negativity and a lot of hate. We need to champion other people. And it's not just so that we can be nice people. It's mission critical. It's mission critical because if we're going to love our neighbors, part of loving our neighbors is championing them. Part of loving our neighbors is is telling people, letting them know that what they're doing matters. Yeah, and it, it is especially true for Jesus followers. Right. Too. It because totally is. Yeah. No one. No one. No one should be more for people yeah. than the people who follow Jesus because Jesus was for He was for people. He was for He everyone. was for people. Dude's hanging on a cross, dying, and he was for the person hanging next to him. He was for the thief hanging on the cross next to him. And this is a person who had done terrible things. Remember when I talked earlier about how we all have stories? It's true in that instance. Jesus knew there was a story attached to the person, and he still said, I'm going to be for you. Yeah, and if you... And I know that we just re- recommended this, but you need to check out Irresistible by Andy Stanley. Phenomenal. Phenomenal book. Got to check it out. Shout out to Andy Stanley. Um, so, yeah, th- that's what I would, I guess, Sam, that's what I kind of got from Sam. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on that? Nope. I think you hit it right on the head. Sam's awesome. All right, Caleb. You know, I'm seeing that we took this approach just a little bit differently. You're kind of going through... Each episode, I'm going through different themes and stuff like that. It's fine. But that's okay. You know why? Because we're the learner's corner. Because we're the learner's corner, and we learn differently. And we can do what we want. Uh, one of the things that, uh, just another thing that I feel like I'm constantly um, struggling with is um, leading up. Oh, gosh, yes. And feeling yes. like my, yep. uh, my, my voice has hit a ceiling. And... Clay Scroggins, baby. Clay, but there's there's been a couple of people who have really mm-hmm. helped me throughout this. Um, it's our episode that we did with Clay, and then the episode that uh, we did with Tim Kite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, it all comes yep. down to that we're more in control than we realize. By the way, kind of the the primer, the the holy grail right now of, of leading up is Clay Scroggins' book, How to Lead When You're Not in Charge. Um, if that's something that you're interested in or something that you struggle with, that is, that's kind of your starting spot. Yes. And then also go and listen to the episode we did with Tim Kite. I mean, Tim, what did you learn from Tim Kite with that? Um, I mean, I think it's just for both of them. Here's, here's what I'm learning right now is that if you take responsibility for what is under con- under your control, eventually your influence is going to grow. Mm. Um, and I feel like I'm experiencing that right now. Yeah, is that um, 
and again, it's the long, it's the long game. My dad talked about this too. It's having the, it's having the patience yep. to continue to pursue, to continue to persist. And so what I'm just learning is that, I mean, if you are, if you are responsible, if you are a good steward, eventually the influence is going to come. It just always doesn't come whenever you want it to. And Gary Vaynerchuk um, talks about that too. How, you know, a lot of times we want things instantaneously, um, whether that's in our career or whatever, you know, we're talking about it from a faith perspective, but Gary would talk about that in terms of, um, of business and in terms of, of developing yourself as a, as a leader, as a business person. And Gary says this all the time. Um, if you're not willing to invest the next 10 years in this idea, then you need to just put it in a box and leave it on a shelf somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is not a add water and it will happen type of situation. Most of the time, it's, hey, add water, wait for five years, every day go back and check it, prune it, make sure that things are all okay, make sure it has the plant has water, and then in five years you might see some fruit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, are we willing to do that? Yeah, and I think, you know, the other, the other tension that comes with being – you know, not in charge, that there's someone who's over you who right. normally does stuff that right. affects you or hands you right. things. And really, and I didn't uh, I didn't really make the connection until right now, but understanding, you know, Tim always talks about event plus response equals outcome. You control your response. ERO, baby. And how that in itself is a part of leading up. Yep. yep. Because you control your response to whatever happens around you. Yep. And it ends up, and, and it, there's more often than not, this is one of the biggest things that I feel like I've learned this year, is that if you could control, take responsibility for your response, even if it's a horrible situation, it's not going to end as badly most times as you think it might. Yeah. So, Todd, tell me, what's another thing that you took away? Well, this is a more recent episode um, that we did, but it was um, when we talked with Gerald Fatiyami. Fatiyomi, Fatiyami. I call him Fatiyami, but that's fine. Um, he said something, and, it, and it's a quote. It's actually not his. It's actually not his quote. It's actually Andy Stanley's quote. But he said it, and it was something that I've known, I've heard, but I just kind of. It's one of those things I tucked it in the back of my mind somewhere, and I just kind of forgot about it. But it reignited it. So, so Gerald came out with a book called "Before Before You Go," and it's written for high school, really high school seniors who are getting ready to go off to college or whatever's next. And it's it's kind of like a, a book about, hey, here are the things that we want you to know about faith and about the Bible so that we can set you up to win whenever you leave the, the church, um, youth group, student uh, student ministry, whatever you want to call it. And he's, he says this line, and, it, and it's a haunting question. It's a haunting question. Because I think that we all know what we would like the response to be, but but the fact of the matter is, is that oftentimes, um, by the way, church world and also um, at home, um, whenever it works out practically, we, we don't have maybe the same response that we would like to have. And the question is this, it says, what does the faith of the next generation mean to you? Or what value, really, he's saying, what value do you place on the faith of the next generation? That's a, that's a big question because I think all of us immediately would like to answer and say hey you know as far as as I know you know I'm a Christian I would I, I faith the next generation means a lot it means a lot you know Caleb and I were in jobs and we work in jobs where that's very relevant yeah and you're really wrestling through this tension right now because you're going through 
Yeah. Andy's new book. Yep. And it's and so and so that's what, what he talks about. Yeah. So Andy, by the way, we just mentioned a little bit ago. If you have not read Irresistible, you really need to read Irresistible by Andy Stanley. But but his is kind of a his is kind of a the, the macro level Irresistible is of of this idea. But Gerald kind of focuses this in on specifically high school students. And, and for me, the answer is it means a lot, and I want to invest. I want to put the majority of my chips in the basket of, of helping the next generation to be able to believe in Jesus and to be able to, to experience the same type of, of, of relationship with Jesus that, that I'm able to and that, that others are able to. And so what is the faith of the next generation um, worth to you? Well, sometimes the faith of the next generation is something that um, Caleb's dad, Dwight, says, you know, and he— has said this so many times, and I've heard him say this so many times in my life, but sometimes it means that I need to be willing to give up the things that I love for the things that I love even more. And so that might mean changing preferences that we don't necessarily want to change. And what does that mean, and how is that going to work out practically? These are all questions we have to wrestle with and make make decisions. But if we, but um, it's like Andy says, you know, when we ask ourselves the question, what does love require of me today? If you combine that with what is the faith of the next generation worth to me, that's a powerful combination. You know what the crazy thing is about that question? What what does love require of me to? You always know the answer. You always know it every single time. Every time. Every time. It goes back to Bob Goff too, right? Like Bob Goff saying, you know, um, if you, re- if you can read the Bible and come up with a theology that says that you don't have to love somebody else, your theology is wrong, not the Bible. Um, it's, it's the same thing, right? So what, what, what does the faith of the next generation require me? Sometimes it means giving up my preferences. And um, I don't like that because I like to set boundaries and have things in boxes whenever it comes to, to my job. And I think a lot of other people like to set boundaries and have boxes as well. Maybe it's, maybe it's not their job, but they just have preferences for what they want church to look like when they come on a Sunday morning or, a, you know, whatever, whatever the structure is. But what is the faith of the next generation worth to me? Is it worth moving to a small group model when I prefer Sunday school? Is it worth, you know, whatever that thing is, what is the faith of the next generation worth to you? And that's a hard question. It's a hard question. So, in light of that, any thoughts on that? Further than what you've already shared? I think I already gave my thoughts. Okay. All right. I think... What's your thing? My my final kind of big thing that I think I've learned is, and we've talked about this recently, um, both on the podcast and off the podcast, is we talk a lot off the podcast. We do talk a lot off the podcast. <laughs> we also talk a lot on the podcast. Um, oh yeah, we do. But specifically in like the church world, how are we going to engage people outside mm. of Sunday morning mm. for the hour that we have them? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked. We talked about that with Dave Adamson. Um, I can't remember. I honestly listened to Kerry Newhoff too much. I can't remember if it was. Um, I know he's talked about it on his podcast, you know, with like well, Craig had, Rochelle and, and Clay, Clay Scroggins. He had Clay Scroggins come on yeah. and talk about digital and what yeah. that looks like. I yeah, think yeah, we yeah. might have talked with him briefly about it. I can't really remember, but I'm throwing it in there in a way. It's still a good episode. I still need to listen to it. 
our Carrie, the episode we did with Carrie. Yes, and you need to listen to Carrie Newhoff's podcast. And you need to well. read everything that Carrie's ever written. Yes. Well, and again, we'll look to all Blog that stuff included. in the show notes. But how are we going to engage with people um, outside of the hour that they're here in church? Well, not so that's part of the question. Here's the bigger question, I think, right now, is how are we engaging a post-Christian world? Um, you know, it's one thing to engage with people on, on Sunday morning um, for the hour that we have. It's another to, to ask the question, how are we going to help people see this is a relevant thing to do for an hour on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So kind of what that looks like is we're, and again, we're just starting to have um, some of these conversations on the team that I'm on. Um, and, you know, we're talking about how do you, how do you create on-demand content through YouTube, yep. through maybe a podcast, how do you do evergreen d- stuff? different stuff like that. That way it's not just, Hey, I have to show up on Sunday mm-hmm. or whenever uh, they meet in small groups or whatever it might be. But how could we create content and experiences that they can access on demand? Mm-hmm. And so that's just something else that I've been wrestling with. So if you have any ideas, yeah. please let me know. Please, please uh, talk to us. Um, by the way, if you disagree with stuff that we say, that's fine. I, I, I'm still waiting for somebody to DM me or, or on Twitter and yell at me. I just want it to happen so that I can say it happened. Beware, though. I will screenshot you and put you on Instagram. <clears throat> just so you know. Because I want, I just want that to happen in my life. Um, so my, my last one is um, Carrie. And so we, we aired his episode about a month ago now. And uh, I don't think he ever directly said this statement in the podcast, but he definitely danced all around it. And he has said this outside of the our podcast episode in in a blog post but one of the things that he says is you will never be able to grow past your character yeah and really he talk he talks about that so much in his book didn't see it didn't coming. see it coming we have uh we just talked about it with yep. my dad yep. as well and then we we're gonna be having some episodes that talk about that coming up soon too right and and and, and so that's why i don't i don't feel like it's it's an overreach to, to say it again um, because we live in a world right now that says character is really whatever is acceptable to you yeah. and whatever is acceptable to me. And, and really, you know, we have all the stuff that we talk that we mention and stuff yep. like that, but it really is, it comes down to character. It does. Because it you're not going to be able to do any, like, yeah. Like whether it's opening yourself up to new perspectives, leading well, you know, platform, like asking the four question, that stuff, it all sprouts from character. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so for me, I, I just don't ever think that it's, it's enough. And, and Dwight talked about this um, when he says he has, he has people who know everything. I mean, he's not everybody, by the way, but he's got some people who he just, he dumps on and just goes blah and he just lets, lets them know and the reason why is because you can't have that stuff festering, and we need to be able to be people of integrity and character. Because regardless, by the way, of if you're a Christian or not, um, people are still wanting the same things. People want transparency, they want integrity, and they want to feel like they're heard. And it all comes from our character. It all comes from um, what are we doing to build into ourselves so that we can be people of integrity. Nobody's ever said you're just you have too much integrity. You're you're just I can't. You're, you're too much integrity. You have too much character. It's just never a thing that disqualifies us from anything. So 
what does that look like for us? That's a great question to wrestle with, though. Um, and, and, and a thing to, to also just think about is the, how we will never be able to grow past our character. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal question. And like you said, it's a really tough question, too. So, Todd, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? It's just been an awesome journey to be able to have over 100 episodes um, and going all the way back to some of our first, some of our very, very first ones um, and, and just and, and growing and being able to learn. And we even talked about this, um, you know, the other day of how much, how much better that we've gotten at this podcast. Because <laughs> if you go all the way back to episode number one. Um, there's a lot. There's, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's... So, so we appreciate you for kind of coming on this journey with us. Yeah, whether you've been here from episode one, or you maybe just jumped today is in your first episode, we appreciate it. Um, it is, it's definitely fun, and and we hope to be able to continue to be a spot where you come to learn new things, um, and we hope that we can continue to be a place where you can engage in it with ideas and wrestle with some of the same things that we're wrestling. By the way, when we interview these people. Um, especially, you know, when we're interviewing people who have different perspectives than maybe we might we might have or what we might come with, uh, we're wrestling with these questions. Um, we're thinking through these things. A lot of our pre-production and post-production conversations, you know, are centered around like what, like what do we think about this? So, you know, it is perfectly okay to, to wrestle with these things. Yep, it's good stuff. Yep, we're gonna keep going and we're gonna keep learning. And in fact, speaking of uh, keeping learning, we have a few more episodes for you this week. Tomorrow, we are going to release our episode um, about our experience at Orange Tour and some of the few things that we took away from that. How do you say the name? Lancaster. Almost. Lancaster. 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 Ah, you got it! Yes! (laughs) And uh, so we're going to be talking about that. The theme is that we are better together and we'll be talking about some of the things that we learned from there and then later this week oh my goodness we have a phenomenal conversation with scott belsky he's uh, recently come out with a book called the messy middle and he is the pro- he is product obsessive and he's an investor he is the chief product officer at adobe and the founder of behance and so yes that adobe yes and so You are not going to want to miss this conversation. The best way to make sure that you don't miss some of these extra episodes that we're releasing throughout this week is by subscribing to this podcast and whatever podcast player you use. And also, don't forget to leave us a rating and write a review of the podcast. Let us know um, what you're learning, things that you would like us to continue to learn about and cover questions that you would like us to ask. Thanks so much for listening to the Learner's Corner podcast. Until next time. My name is Kayla Mason. My name is Todd Ixenball. Keep learning and keep growing. Deuces, y'all.